Hello and welcome to Indians on Deck. I'm Matt Schlichting, joined as always by Brian Hemminger. Brian, how has the holiday season started for you? Oh, it's been nice, but it's exciting to get back talking Indians baseball after kind of not for two months. There's there's a lot going on, getting close to those winter meetings. Yeah, and some of the more interesting moves that have happened here since the offseason began for the Indians relatively recently, we had a couple of trades players shifting places, a couple of younger prospects, or a younger prospect for us, and then someone who is sort of knocking on the door of the major leagues. Yeah, we'll start with uh, the most recent one. Sandy Leone was added to the Indians 40-man roster, a veteran uh, catcher from Boston, and the Indians sent a Dennis Bautista, a 21-year-old Dominican Republic pitcher. There's not too much information on him. He hasn't pitched that much. He had not advanced past the rookie ball. And I think last season his ERA was 10 and he was not even striking out a batter per nine innings. So it seems like that was just a throw in for the Indians with uh, with the Red Sox. It's maybe to save a few dollars. Well, and also the, the Red Sox, I believe, were considering non-tendering Sandy Leone, which brings us to kind of a similar situation on the other trade that the Indians were involved in with Mark Mathias. And yeah, as you guys know, Mark Mathias, it was, uh, I believe, a former second or third round pick by the Indians uh, about four or five years back. Um, he had a very productive season last year. He had a uh, he had a stretch where he was just red hot, and we were thinking the Indians might call him up from AAA, uh, especially when Kipnis was really struggling. Uh, the Indians traded him to the Brewers, and in return, they got an 18-year-old catcher named Andrews, uh, Andres Melendez, who uh, sports an 11% walk rate, uh, decent hitting. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about him yet, but he's out of Venezuela. He has... Only played professionally for uh, basically a year and a half. Uh, I would assume that he'll be at the low A level uh, coming up this next season. So we'll learn a lot more about him moving forward. But uh, surprised, but also not surprised because the Indians have had, uh, you know, an issue. Matthias was going to be Rule 5 eligible, and maybe the Indians just weren't ready to add him to the 40-man and figure they could get something. Man, it's a bummer because I, I wanted to see him get a shot at the major league level. And I know you can only get so many guys up on the roster to do that. He's not really a prospect. Uh, and if anything, realistically, he probably would have been like another Mike Freeman. And we already have a perfectly good Mike Freeman named Mike Freeman. <laughs> so sad because he was in the cupboard for a minute there, but that's baseball. It looks like uh, we also had the Indians adding four or a few players to protect them from the rule five draft. They had to add them to the 40-man roster, so let's uh, do the little rundown there. Yeah, and just a little primer for folks who maybe aren't 100% familiar with the Rule 5 draft. So it's any player who has been in a minor league system for X number of years, you have to add them to the 40-man roster to avoid... Uh, basically, other teams have a chance to draft them, quote-unquote, 
and add them to their 25 man roster for the entire yes. next. <laughs> I'm already tr- confused. Like I know how it works and I'm confused explaining. Okay. It, damn it. I'll, I'll explain <laughs> it a little bit more clearly. Um, Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. There actually are two types of uh, players. So when you sign, like when you get a high school player, they gain an extra year before they're eligible to be rule five drafted compared to say a high a college junior. Like even though, you know, say Daniel Johnson was in the same draft as somebody else uh, that was a high school player, that high Daniel Johnson was eligible to be rule five drafted this year. The high school player still has another year because they know that the development is going to take a little bit longer for the younger player. Typically same thing with like the international signings that they pick up at like 16 years old. Uh, right. Those guys are at the same, I think, level at as a high school player. So that's why you're always going to see a lot of international players eligible in the Rule 5 because they actually start a year earlier uh, in terms of age. So they'll be in there at 17 years old in the Dominican Summer League and they're starting their Rule 5, you know, clock right then and there. Like for that, I think it's like four years. And then I think if you're... Uh, a college player, it's like three years. It might be four and five. I I, I can't remember a hundred percent, but that's how it works. And then and you got to remember this year, it's the twenty six man roster now, so that's one extra spot on the roster that a team could be hiding a player. So it might make it even more likely that a player could be taken in the Rule Five draft. They added yeah, that I extra forgot roster. About that. Yeah, yeah, they added the extra roster spot, although they took away the loogie <laughs> as so i don't know we'll see we'll see how that all plays out but it could potentially make it more likely that a player gets taken because and the way the rule five works is if you get drafted in the rule five for the major league portion you literally get to take that player from the other team's organization put them on your 26 man roster and you have to keep them on the roster the whole season if you send them down they have the opportunity to go back to their old team if the other team wants them. That happened to Anthony Santander, unfortunately, and now he is officially a member of the Baltimore Orioles, although I still feel that they cheated the system a little bit with his injuries playing around that and just putting him, hiding him on the disabled list instead of on their actual roster. But that is, yeah. you know, a couple of years ago now, and now he's out there. He was good enough that I had to have him on my fantasy baseball team briefly. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, but that's how it works. Uh, if you take a player, you have to keep them. Um, it Basically, the reason it exists is so play, teams can't just hoard top prospects in their minor league system without giving them a chance to play in the major league level. It's actually, it makes it... F- you know, fair for a minor league player who's proving themselves and not being given a chance. Uh, because if they're not being given a chance, then another team will give them a chance instead. So that's kind of how it works. Yeah. And it's relatively rare a player taken in the Rule 5 draft goes on to be spectacular, though you always have your occasional Hack Wilson or George Bell or Jose Bautista. Jose Bautista is always one of the big ones that gets mentioned. Yep. Last year, the Indians had Kyle Dowdy taken, and then he ended up being returned to the team by just barely at the end of the season. (laughs) It took that long because he bounced around because other teams also could uh, give him a shot as well on their uh, 25-man roster last year. So he went to the Mets, then he went to the Rangers, and then he finally came back to the Indians. 
Where did he end up in our system? Uh, double where A, is he at now? like double A, right okay. where he was when uh, he got taken. <laughs> so, who are the guys that the Indians moved up to protect this year? Okay, uh, these are not huge surprises. Uh, Daniel Johnson, he was on the Indians. Uh, he represented the Indians in the Futures game last year. He was the he was the headliner of the Jan Gomes trade. He had a tremendous season last year. Uh, big time bopper out of the basically a corner outfielder with some pop, great arm, great athleticism, great base stealing. Um, he had a huge bounce back season last year. He was the best player on Akron when he's where he started, and then he was one of the best players in uh, Columbus when he got promoted. So very excited to see uh, you know adding some depth to that outfield because. There's a lot of options right now for the Indians in their outfield. Well, and Johnson is one who I feel would compete for a job coming out of spring next season. Uh -huh. So it would have been really shocking to not see him get protected. I think the most likely outcome for Johnson is potentially uh, because his splits were not as good against left-handed pitchers. He could be an incredible platoon option with a certain uh, Jordan Luplo. Maybe just... A lethal corner outfield position. Just throwing that out there. Based on his splits, I think that that actually could really work. And then next up, you have Tristan McKenzie, who was the Indians' number one prospect for a couple years in a row, uh, and then last year did not pitch the whole season. So this is proof that McKenzie exists for everyone that has been asking. <laughs> He's okay. He is not dead. The Indians feel that he is not so fragile that he is not worth protecting in that Rule 5 draft. He has yet to pitch at the AAA level, but he would have last season if he had been healthy. So he basically lost an entire year of development, which really sucks, but he's alive. He's on the 40-man roster. Now he, you know, his clock's starting to tick, so we'll see. He's still only 22 years old. Uh, we'll see if maybe, you know, all that time off. He put on a little weight. That would be great uh, because that has always been, you know, the number one thing people were most worried about him being, I think, 6'5 and about 150 pounds. You could probably swing him at the plate if you wanted to. <laughs> uh, they do call him Sticks. That is his nickname with the minor league players or Dr. Sticks. <laughs> Dr. Sticks. <laughs> that's, that's so stupid. It's wonderful. And then uh, last but not least, the Indians Rule 5 protected Scott Moss. Now, for those of you that don't know him, uh, I can understand it because he's only been with the Indians for about two or three months. He was a throw-in in the Trevor Bauer trade. Now, obviously, the headliners of that trade were Yasiel Puig and uh, Logan Allen and Franmil Reyes, you know, players that were instantly added to the Tribe roster. Uh, Logan Allen uh, had made a couple brief appearances with the Indians, but for the most part was at AAA. But Scott Moss had the best season of his career last year as a left-handed starting pitcher, which is huge. If you added up his strikeouts between Cincinnati's organization and the Indians organization, he would have led all Indian minor league starting pitchers in strikeouts last year. So, yeah, He's looking like a really sneaky good piece that the Indians added. Super sneaky good. The Indians have, I think, 13 or 14 starting pitchers out of their 40-man roster. It's, it's kind of disgusting. If you're wondering why 
people are still saying that they could trade another pitcher. That's why. You know what's hilarious to me is it it just feels like the Indians get these incredible pitchers. Just part of the reason it seems like it's out of nowhere is their college draft picks that aren't really rated anywhere on prospect lists. Like even maybe that's how you get around that there's no such thing as a pitching prospect conundrum is it seems like every time we've gotten a guy who's a big time prospect like Brady Aiken uh-huh. or Tristan McKenzie, we get these weird injury problems and they just evaporate. But if they never have time to become a hyped prospect, they turn into all stars and go on to win all star game MVP. We figured it out. That's the secret. Well, Mike Clevenger. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Scott Moss last year. Let's see here. Um, in Akron, he had two starts. His ERA was zero. <laughs> Okay. Uh, and then in Columbus, he had four starts, and his ERA was one point nine. And in both, God. and in both appearance uh, at both levels, he was striking out about thirteen batters per nine innings. That'll so, play. Yeah, that will absolutely play. So I'm very excited about him. He's 25 years old. He's a former fourth round draft pick in 2016. So that answers it. Actually, he was a, for a college player. Uh, it's three years, and then you can be. Rule five eligible. We're going to have an entire rotation of guys drafted in 2016, I think. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Was that was Bieber 16? I think so. So, yeah. I'm pretty so, sure. Bieber, Savali, Playsack, and now Scott Moss. I don't, One more. Was, what was Logan Allen, I think, was the year before, but I can double check. Yeah, he was 15. Logan Allen was 2015. So those are the guys that we protected. Who uh, are some of the guys that you feel... Who do you think we're going to lose as a result of not getting protected? Obviously, position players are usually not as often taken because that takes up a spot that is tougher to hide. You know, you want if you have a position player on your roster on the twenty-five or I guess now the twenty-six man, that's somebody that you know is at least expecting to play every couple of days. Uh, whether it's a pinch hit situation or a defensive replacement or pinch running, like somebody that is in the game. So if you're taking a player, they need to be major league ready as a position player. Uh, as a pitcher, you might be able to hide somebody like in the back of the bullpen, like that they only ever appear when we're getting killed or we're destroying somebody. Uh, so that's a little bit different. You can hide somebody in the back of a bullpen. So I think the most likely players that could be taken in the rule five draft are Jared Robinson and Cameron Hill. Those are two flame-throwing relief pitchers that are coming off of very good seasons. Cam Hill would be really disappointing. Yeah, because he uh, came back from injury this past season. He's 25 years old. Yeah, He struck out 36 batters in 24 innings in Columbus. So, uh, you know, his ERA wasn't amazing in Columbus, but uh, there was a list of the top 10 players that are major league ready right now in the minors. And the Indians had two of the top 10 players and they were James Karinczak and Cam Hill. Uh, Karinczak, they obviously called up and added to the roster. He's ready to go finally at the end of the season. Cam Hill was on that list too. So for him to be major league ready and the Indians didn't put him on the roster, I, I have to say that he is a very, very likely candidate to be drafted. Yeah, then the, the other guy, Jared Robinson, people probably don't know him as well because he really exploded 
onto the scene in 2019. He started the year at High A Lynchburg, uh, where in 14 appearances, so this was a guy that was pitching a multiple innings at times per appearance. He struck out 35 guys in 23 innings. Um, and then they promoted him to Akron, where he held a 1.5 ERA. And then in 16 appearances, he struck out 39 in 28 innings. And then uh, he closed the season by getting promoted to Columbus. He was knocked around a bit, but in 10 appearances, he struck out 23 batters in 18 innings. So this is one of those guys that can pitch two innings at a time and strike out four guys, potentially. So that is, that's a guy that could just really save a bullpen. So I definitely feel like uh, Jerry Robinson could be drafted. Uh, he's 25 years old. He was an 11th round draft pick in 2014, but uh, definitely seems like he figured something out last year. Now, I'm almost certain I know who you're going to pick. Yeah. With, uh, I mean, I know position players are less likely to get Rule 5 drafted, but leaving Kai Tom unprotected just hurts on a spiritual level. He had an unbelievable season last year. Uh, he slashed over between double A and triple A. He did not slow down one bit, by the way, from getting promoted to triple A. Uh, he slashed 290, 380, 532. So he had an OPS over 900, which is tremendous. He had 60 extra base hits, 23 homers, 27 doubles, 10 triples. One of the few players to get double digits, homers, triples, and doubles in a season uh, <laughs> in all of minor league baseball. You're hurting me. <laughs> he did. He had an incredible season. Very statistically similar to Daniel Johnson. It's just the difference is Tom does not have the prospect pedigree of Johnson. Uh, Tom, Tom, you know, he he's never really been on any of the Indians' top prospect lists, although he was a relatively high draft pick, if I can remember. Uh, I think about fifth round, but let me double check. Yeah, he was a fifth round draft pick in 2015. So, uh, but this was by far his best offensive season. Uh, in 2016, he had a great year, but it was cut short by injury. He only played 28 games. I remember that too. The Indians had an outfield that was just destroying everyone. Uh, and it was Kai, Kai Tom, it was Connor Maribel having his first breakout season, and then I forget the other guy. We traded the other guy for Luke or uh, for Brandon Geyer. Um, but those three were just this lethal outfield at uh, Single A and Lake County, and then Tom like messed up his shoulder diving back to first base and missed the rest of the season. <laughs> so it just really sucked. But he was off to such a good start. And it took him a while to get back. Uh, but last year, he really did have a breakout season. If he does get taken, I, I hope it's because he's getting a shot somewhere. And he doesn't end up being the next guy that just languishes in AAA for no real apparent reason whatsoever. Except that, I don't know, maybe he needs to work on his defense or something. Which in Tom's case, he doesn't because he made several spectacular diving couches couches he made so many nice diving couches his carpentry is immaculate uh, and the work he does with <laughs> leather is just really mind-blowing catches <clears throat> so 
Moving on, there are a couple more relieving prospects that could be taken. Uh, obviously, Robinson and Hill are the, kind of the cream of the crop, but uh, Argenis Angulo is another guy that had a pretty good season last year. Um, I believe he also finished the season at uh, AAA. I'm, I'm looking up his uh, numbers here real quick. Uh, but yeah, he finished the year in Columbus, and last year in Akron, he had an ERA of two, struck out a ridiculous 63 batters in 35 innings. That's crazy. That's solid. Yeah, that's amazing. So he was just lights out in Akron, but in Columbus, not nearly as effective. Uh, ERA was five, uh, struck out 25 and 27. So huge drop off in the strikeouts. Uh, so... But still, definitely, you know, if somebody looks at those Akron numbers, they could think that this guy could have a spot on their team for sure. Uh, Henry Martinez is another guy that a year ago, I thought he was going to be a staple of the Indians' uh, bullpen for years to come. Uh, he was hitting 100 miles an hour with his uh, fastball. Um, and in 2018, I think, yeah, he was the closer for Lynchburg and Akron and advanced all the way up to Columbus. Really struggled in Columbus. And then last year, he started the year in Columbus, struggled again, got sent back down to Akron, and then in Akron, he you know, lit people up. But uh, he spent most of his last season in Columbus and was not nearly as good. So right, I would, never I would, a good sign when yeah. someone takes a step back like that. Yeah, so he took a step back last year, so I think it's less likely he gets taken. Uh, another guy uh, that was uh, an international player out of uh, South America or Central America, uh, Delbert Siri is Rule 5 eligible. Um, he has been the closer at pretty much every level he's ever pitched. <laughs> uh, in 2016, he was uh, the closer for the AZL Indians. In 2017, he was the closer for Lake County. In 2018, he was the closer for Lynchburg. And last year, he was the closer for uh, Akron. So, you know, this is definitely a guy with back end of the bullpen stuff. Um, last year, he struck out 48 batters in 45 innings, had his ERA below three in, uh, it was 2.98 for Akron. And he briefly, and I'm, I mean briefly, made one appearance for 2.1 innings in Columbus, where he, uh, it was 2.1 shutout innings where he struck out four. So definitely another guy to keep an eye on. Uh, I would not be shocked to see somebody take a shot on him as well, because he does have some pretty nasty stuff. Uh, I'm not sure what other bullpen options people might take. The only other pitchers that are possible would be starting pitchers that maybe a team wants to toss in the bullpen because uh, so that could be like a Tanner Tolley, a guy that's been an innings eater in the Indian system, but isn't, you know, really, starting pitching depth. The ones that are for sure could be uh, taken, although they have never pitched, you know, very deep into the Indian system yet. Uh, Juan Hillman is coming off of one of the best seasons of his career. Uh, he was an all-star at Lynchburg. Uh, so he was at a, the A-plus level. So he still was still two levels away before even getting to the majors. But he was in that same draft class as Tristan McKenzie. He was a second-round pick. Um, so... Somebody might want to take a shot with him. He's also a left-handed starter. Uh, and then Luis Oviedo, who 
you know, obviously we had, he was like a meme with us last year about how terrible he was and inconsistent he was, but he entered the season as a top 10 Indians prospect. And the Indians have a good system to be a top 10 prospect in that system. The expectations were massive for him and he really struggled. Uh, And then he finished the season injured and he's only, and that was his first experience at uh, regular A. Uh, but yeah, Luis Oviedo definitely has the stuff to be good at the major league level. He's still he's still a little bit of ways away. But somebody wants to give him a shot based on the prospect uh, on on his prospect status. Uh, he is available, even though he's never pitched above single. A. Right. I mean, if you're the Orioles or the Marlins or something, is it worth a shot on a guy like him? Uh, I mean, the Orioles have a ridiculous amount of pitching, or I mean, the, the Marlins do. So I would not do it if I was them, especially National League teams. You use your bench more. Yeah, that's a good point. So maybe the Orioles, maybe the Royals, you know, some some major league team in the American League that's not expected to do anything next year uh, could definitely do it. But unlikely, but stranger things have happened. You know, Anthony Santander had never been above uh, Lynchburg, and he ended up not just getting taken, but actually being kept. Um, and there's two more position players I want to potentially throw out there. Oscar Gonzalez, my Indian in the cupboard last year. Uh, the player who never walks. <laughs> um, he has led all Indians in hits over the last like two or three seasons out of all Indians prospects. Uh, he's a former uh, Arizona rookie league MVP. MVP, you know, this is a guy that hits for decent power, has good ability to hit for extra bases, has a cannon arm. He just doesn't draw walks. Um, and he did get it uh, promoted to double A late last season. He did not play very well there, but he has had a cup of coffee at double A. So uh, it's extremely unlikely, but a team could take a shot on him like they did with Santander. Right. And it would be the the move with precedent, I guess, or not with a move similar to it. That's happened before where it's kind of a head scratcher, but maybe somebody reaches for it. And then there's one other player I think could be taken. And this also would be a huge reach, but he has had back to back excellent seasons. His name is Jose Fermin. Uh, he was the second baseman for the Lake County captains last year. Uh, He was, if you remember, obviously, uh, the Indians making a huge splash and signing uh, all those top uh, Dominican prospects. Uh, The year before that, or maybe even two years before that, Jose Fermin was their top international signing. Uh, So he debuted in the Indian system in 2016, and he has showcased an elite level uh, walk rate. Uh, in fact, the past two seasons, he was uh, just an incredible tandem with uh, top Indians shortstop prospect. Uh, oh, what's his name? The kid that hits like just immen- immense. Oh, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. I'm kind of drawing a blank on Indian shortstop prospects, sadly. This is what happened. Tyler you... Freeman. Tyler Freeman. Yeah. So he was... Uh, the second baseman to Tyler Freeman shortstop at Mahoning Valley in 2018. And in that season, uh, 
Fermin walked 12.7% of the time and struck out 8.4. So put up a 134 WRC plus. And last season, uh, after getting promoted to his first year of full A ball, he walked 9.2% of the time and struck out 8.8% of the time. So again, walked more than he struck out. One of the few players in minor league baseball that did that uh, had a 123 WRC plus for the full season. Uh, slashed 293, 374, 379. So definitely another player that somebody might take a shot on, even though he's still a ways away but he's got that eye at the plate that a lot of teams covet and he would be sad to lose too because he's he definitely popped up a few times in discussions throughout the season when we i think he cracked the top five a few times and you want to see someone like that continue to progress through because even i mean just from a development standpoint i think some guys getting taken in the rule five when it's a little bit of a stretch can definitely hurt because i mean santander i know we talked about them fooling around with his injury status and him not really getting to play consistently. And what does that do to a guy as he develops? So well, we shall see. Oh, yes, sir. Is there anything else going on that we need to discuss? Uh, I, the only other thing I think we were going to touch base on was Indians in the Arizona fall league. Oh yes, definitely. That has now come to a close, but it is definitely worth discussing. Uh, the Indians had, I think, about six or seven players in the Arizona Fall League, but only three of them put up enough statistics that they were among the league leaders. Uh, I don't think any of the relief pitchers po- posted enough innings, but the Indians did have a starting pitcher in the Arizona Fall League, Kirk McCarty, and he pitched pretty well. Uh, he had six appearances, five starts, and he's another left-handed pitching prospect, Uh, He was at the high A level last season after spending the most of the year injured, actually. So this was great for him to get some extra reps uh, in this league to kind of make up for lost time. Uh, And he held a three, an ERA of 3.0, which is a, and that is a hitting centric league. So you keep an ERA of three against some of the best uh, offensive prospects in baseball. That's pretty good. Um, Struck out 19 batters and walked six in 24 innings. And his whip was 0.96. So, you know, he wasn't quite striking out what I would hope, but uh, was not letting guys get on base. So great job there by Kirk McCarty. Excited to see what he does next season. And then offensively, we had uh, Ernie Clement was tremendous. Uh, He's another one of those players that, uh, walks more than he strikes out typically. And let's see if he did that. He did not do that uh, uh, in the Arizona Fall League, but he was among the top 10 in hitting out of all the players. He actually hit uh, better than some of the, like Joe Adele, one of the top prospects in all the baseball uh, with the Angels. So, you know, great job there by... Uh, Ernie Clement, he batted 303 with a 364 slugging and a 365 on base percentage. Uh, and the only other Indians player that qualified for anything was Nolan Jones. He had a bit of a strange uh, season with the Arizona Fall League. Uh, he was among the league leaders in home runs with four, and then the Indians yanked him uh, out of the Fall League, and then he had surgery <laughs> on his hand, I believe. Uh, was not his arm. I think it was his hand. And he's they they said he he'll be ready to go for the next season. 
it was apparently something that was bothering him most of the season. So to think that Nolan Jones put up a really good season this year with a hand injury the whole season that was bothering him, uh, I would like to see how he performs next year fully healthy. Do we know what the surgery was? Because is he another guy that got his hamate bone removed? No, it, it was, it it was it not like. hamate. Hamate is more wrist. Uh, so I'm just thinking for it to have been... Well, I guess the hamate usually is somebody swings and, and then they... But yeah, if he was playing at like 80% and he put up those numbers, start the man <laughs> at third base. I mean, he'll be ready to Let's go, go third base at... I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see them start the year at double A, but I mean, he'll instantly be ready for triple A, kind of like they did with Daniel Johnson this year. So that's my assumption, especially, you know, just they don't want to they don't want to put too much pressure on him coming off of a surgery. Sure. And even with the numbers from the fall league being a little, I guess it was 15 games so you can't necessarily draw too much from it but a 200 average 294 433 slugging but that's that's very nolan jones like and then he had an on base about 100 points higher than his batting average and in a two-week slice yeah a two-week slice like that you'll take that power even if he's not you know I, I don't think we can see what his batting average on balls and plays is for this but it wouldn't surprise me to see that around 200 given what we know about him and the way he can produce so I just I want to fast forward some prospects. Nolan Jones definitely falls into the category where I just want to see him at 28, 29 right now. I don't want to wait. I don't have the patience for it. I know it, it can be frustrating having to wait, but um, I mean, he'll be in the majors. Worst case scenario, 2021, like starting, starting third baseman for the Indians. That's my assumption. And, and I wouldn't be shocked if he appears in the majors next year, as long as he continues getting on base at that same rate. Yeah, if he he feels like the type of player that if he got hot enough, and, and maybe, is he, I'm sorry if you mentioned this already, but is he going to be ready for spring? Yes, he'll be ready. So, I mean, if he has a hot spring, and then starts in Columbus and is hitting like 400 through the first month of the season. He, he could play his way onto the Indians roster, I think, especially given the prospect pedigree that he has. So it's not, you know, somebody kind of out of nowhere showing up and, and playing well with what we know about how he projects moving forward. If he shows that some of that's happening now, and this is hyper eager, Matt, just wanting to see prospects now, but, you never know. I'm with you. Uh, I, I would like to see him hit at least for a little bit higher average because uh, I mean, the walk rate's there, but he is striking out a lot. So that is at least a bit of a concern right now. So I'm okay with him getting a little bit more time. Uh, you know, We've still got Jose Ramirez playing third base right now anyway, and we pretty much at the moment have about <laughs> like five guys competing for that second base spot, although one of them less now after training Matthias. But so we'll see what the Indians do. I, I still think the Indians make a move uh, and pick up a, a second baseman, uh, potentially a veteran, just as a bit of a stopgap while we wait for Nolan to get ready and then move Jose to second. If we were the Yankees, we would sign a veteran that nobody's thought of in no, like that. 10 years, like Martin Prado, who would then have four war by the All-Star break, <laughs> get hurt, and we'd never hear of him again. 
but it would be fine because then do they have Torres at second now? Whoever uh, yeah. they have at second would come back and put up four war in the second half of the season. They'd be fine. If we were the Dodgers, we would have some rookie that nobody's ever heard of that would just somehow outplay Gavin Lux and end up being the starting second baseman in the all-star game, hit a walk-off home run in the World Series. Dodgers still lose the World Series because it's what they do. Yeah, you hit a walk-off home run in the World Series and lose the World Series. Very sad. Very sad. <laughs> but it's like catching the snitch and losing the Quidditch match. Um <laughs> because it's the Indians, I expect Mike Freeman's just going to start <laughs> until July. <laughs> we'll see. We can, we can kind of do that little preview once we get a little bit past the hot stove. Uh, but it, right now, I think potentially the Indians could sign like a Scooter Gannett, Jeanette, or a, a Brian Dozier for second base. Obviously, if, you know... I had my choice of any signing that they could possibly make. I'd say Anthony Rendon, but that's never going to happen in a million yes. years. <laughs> Move Jose to second. Yep. Plug in the best third baseman over the last three seasons. Done. Yeah, and then immediately have the best infield at in all. Of it's by a long shot, too. <laughs> God. But yeah, that's not happening. But no, we'll end up with a guy one named Scooter. Hey, Scooter's not bad. You know, he was batting title guy for two years in a row, and then last year he tore his groin in the spring training and if we do get scooter Jeanette, he better hit for a scooter or else i'll just be furious (laughs) i'm going it i think they get scooter (laughs) i just can't take him seriously with the combination of his name and the joey vado donko saga (laughs) donko donkey saga yeah well, the donkey was actually swore somebody else. Oh, was I that thought was it a, was Jeanette, or maybe Jeanette bought it. No, it was Vado got him the donkey. Oh, hang on, I could have sworn it was Scooter no, Jeanette. It was not Scooter. Cozart, not Cozart. That's right. I do. I do. It was still not Jeanette or Jeanette. <laughs> okay, are we done? <laughs> I think we're done. Before we rewrite yet more history. Okay. Well, that's all that we have. Good. For Indians on deck here. We'll, we'll be back before the end of the offseason with uh, probably a wrap up of some of the things that happened in the Rule 5 draft and storylines to look for heading into spring. Uh, but until then, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. We'll see you in the next decade.